morning. It's good to be with you all this morning. It has really been a joy to, to worship together. I tell you, that, that song brought tears to my eyes. <clears throat> I, really, I really appreciate the words to that song and the hearts that it was sung with. It's been, a, it's been good to be here this morning. I appreciate you all being here. We're going to continue in our worship together as we open up God's Word and study from it together this morning. I'm going to ask you to open first to Psalms 31. We're going to begin there in just a moment. The words that Eli read from for us just a moment ago from Luke chapter 23 came as some of Jesus' last words as he was hanging upon the cross. As he uttered those famous, powerful, tear-jerking words, Father, into your hands, I commit my spirit. He wasn't the first one to utter those words, and he wasn't the last one to utter those words. I want to talk this morning about what it means to commit our spirits into the hands of God, what it meant for Jesus to do that, what it means for you and I to do that today. And so in Psalm 31, we'll see another individual who uttered these words hundreds of years before Christ did. Read with me beginning in verse number 1 of the 31st Psalm, a Psalm of David. In you, O Lord, I put my trust. Let me never be ashamed. Deliver me in your righteousness. Bow down your ear to me. Deliver me speedily. Be my rock of refuge, a fortress of defense to save me. For you are my rock and my fortress. Therefore, for your name's sake, lead me and guide me. Pull me out of the net which they have secretly laid for me. For you are my strength. Into your hand I commit my spirit. You have redeemed me, O Lord God of truth. And we don't know exactly when David would have penned this psalm. Most likely, as with many of his psalms, uh, they were probably penned during the time of his life where he was running from Saul. You remember the story of, of Saul uh, turning on David and seeking to kill him, and David, had, David having to flee from Saul and hide in caves and, and move about to try and preserve his own life. Several of the Psalms make specific reference that they were written during that time period of David's life. And if, in fact, and it doesn't particularly matter, but if it was, I want you to think about what may have been going through David's head as he would have written words like this. Waking up every day wondering if it was going to be his last. Moving from cave to cave wondering if today was going to be the day that Saul finally didn't miss with the spear that he'd throw at him. But as I mentioned, not only was Jesus not the first person to utter those words, he wasn't the last person to utter those words. Turn with me to Acts chapter 7. <clears throat> A slightly different variation, but no less the same meaning behind what's being said, came from the mouth of Stephen. 
as he had been taken out of the city because of his refusal to stop teaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And they had finally had enough of him. And so they took him out of the city to stone him to death. And listen to what he says beginning in verse number 57. Then they cried out with a loud voice, stopped their ears, and ran at him with one accord. And they cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at the feet of a young man named Saul. And they stoned Stephen as he was calling on God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he knelt down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, do not charge them with their sin. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. Into your hands I commit my spirit. Lord, receive my spirit. David, perhaps in the midst of being chased by King Saul, running for his life. Jesus Christ, as he was hanging on the cross, literally breathing his last breaths. Stephen, as he had been cast out of the city, as an angry mob was stoning him to death. Lord, receive my spirit. These powerful, meaningful, deep pleas that we see from each of these three men tell us a lot about certainly what was on their mind at the end or what they perceived could have been the end. When I think about what those words could mean to me, I want us to recognize, going back to Psalm 31 in particular, that yes, each of these three men uttered this phrase near the end of their life, or again in David's case, perhaps what he perceived could have been the end of his life. But they could only say that. They could only say that when breaths were few, when time was short, if and only if they had first recognized what David says in Psalm 31 and verse 1. In you, O Lord, I put my trust. See, God has given to each of us a physical body, one that is perishable, one that will wear out over time, one that will die. But he has also given us a spirit, one that is eternal, one that will not wear out, one that will not die, one that will live on after our physical bodies have ceased to exist. And if we want to commit our eternal nature, our spirit, to God and put our spirit in His hands, we have to trust Him fully because there is nothing more valuable that we have in our possession than the spirit that God has breathed into each of us. So I want you to think about the most valuable, physical, tangible possession that you have. What is it that you value most in this life, above all else? That's not something you're going to be flippant with. That's not something you're going to let just anybody handle. That's not something you're just going to let somebody take home with them and, hey, keep it as long as you want. Just bring it back to me whenever you get the chance. 
Our most prized possessions are the things that we care for, the things that we're careful with, the things that only those we trust have access to. So when we see these words coming out of the mouths of men like David and Jesus and Stephen, they're saying those words not because they're afraid of the end. They're saying those words not because they want something profound to be the last words that they said. They are saying those words because they trust in God fully and they are committing to him their most prized possession. I ask us to think about that this morning. I think it would be easy for us all to say, yes, I commit my spirit to God. That sounds great. That definitely sounds like something all of us should be doing, and I don't think I would get much argument on that. But are you living your life in such a way that it demonstrates to yourself, to others, and to God himself that your spirit truly is the most important thing and that you are willing to place it in the care of God? That's a question only you can answer. But we have to live a life that reflects the trust that we have in God so that we can and we will truly place that which is most valuable in his hands. There is certainly, as you think about the idea of doing that, there is a vulnerability which comes in that. In fact, I think David even alludes to that a bit in the words that he pins prior to this phrase in verse number 5. In the verses that we read, he uses language like, you are my strength. Pull me out of this net that I'm trapped in. Protect me, lead me, guide me. There is humility, there is vulnerability, there is a need that David recognizes that can only be found in the Lord. And he recognizes that in the situation that he is in, and I think certainly it's easy to see with Christ and with Stephen in the situations that they were in, there was nothing left that they could do. There was nothing that they could do. Stephen was going to die. Christ was hanging on the cross. Even David, while he lived through the trials that he faced and ultimately overcame to become king, he recognized that was only because of the Lord. It was, no, it was not due to any strength of his own or any might that he may have had. This was all due to the Lord. And in order for us to recognize the power behind words like, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit, we first have to be humble enough to recognize that I need the Lord to care for that which is most valuable to me. I I need his perfect care 
for my spirit. I need his perfect love to hold it in his hands and to view it as precious. I I need his power and his might and his strength to guide me through. So there is a vulnerability that comes with this concept. There's humility that is needed when we think about doing and living the same ways that these three men did. And that vulnerability, that humility, that's what, that's what leads me to place my hands or my spirit into the hands of God because I trust that he will protect it. Because the other thing that stands out to me specifically here in Psalm 31 as we read through this is that there is a battle going on for that spirit. When you think about the physical, when you think about our flesh, death wins. Death wins. 100% of the time, death wins. My body is going to die as is yours. But death does not have to win the spiritual battle. And that's what David is pleading for. That's what Christ is pleading for on the cross. That's what Stephen is pleading for as he is being stoned to death. Lord, the physical body, the physical body has lost as it always does. Death has won. But Lord, into your hands I commit my spirit because you can win the spiritual battle. In fact, if I entrust my spirit to you, just as death is guaranteed to win in the physical life, God is guaranteed to win in the spiritual one. And so into your hands I commit my spirit. That's the only place that I can entrust it. But make no mistake about it, that there is a battle raging over that spirit. Again, in Psalm 31, we've referenced it a couple of times now. But David uses this battle imagery to describe what's taking place. Be my rock of refuge, a fortress of defense to save me. You are my rock and my fortress. You are my strength. Listen, you don't need a fortress. You don't need the type of strength that he is calling upon unless there is a battle taking place. And Satan has waged war for our souls. And when Christ died on the cross, he defeated Satan. But you still have a choice. You still have a choice as to who you can commit your spirit to. Satan's been beaten. But he wants to take as many with him as he can. And so he's going to fight for every last one of you. And as Satan fights for our souls, the truth of the matter is that God stands ready to accept all of them into his care 
and into that fortress of safety and refuge. A fortress which Satan cannot penetrate. A fortress which Satan cannot defeat. A fortress where evil cannot enter. But the choice has been left up to us as to what we are going to do with the spirit that God has given to us. And what his plea for us is, is that we give back to him the spirit that he entrusted to us. So when we see David utter these words, and Jesus utter these words, and Stephen utter these words, that's exactly what they are doing. Their time of stewardship of the spirit that God has given to them is coming to an end. So Lord, I am returning to you what you entrusted to me. Into your hands I commit my spirit. As we start to think about the specific application of this idea, we've talked primarily in very broad terms thus far about the importance of trusting God, the importance of recognizing the need for vulnerability and humility, and to recognize the battle that is being waged against us and against specifically our spirit and our souls. But as we start to make specific application to that, I want you to think about what it truly looks like day in and day out of your life to commit your spirit to the Lord. Because while specifically in the cases of Jesus and of Stephen, these are somewhat of the, you may think of these as the last words or these deathbed proclamations, while they may have been some of the last words they spoke, they were far from that. Because these men lived lives in which they had given their spirits to the Lord. And so for you and I to give our spirit to the Lord, we have to first and foremost recognize that we cannot give it to the world as well. Our spirit will be given over to the hands of something eternally. And while we're on this side of eternity... We can live lives in which we are turning our souls over to worldliness and to sin and to depravity, to greed and to anger and to lust. We cannot live a life in which we have routinely turned our spirit over to the world and then at the end ask God to take it. We are called as children of God to be different. When we become a child of his, we give our all to him. And the old man of sin, that dies in the grave of baptism. We are a new creature. We have yielded our will to God's. We have given ourselves fully to him. We have to live that way. We have to act like that. We have to make decisions that reflect that.
It's an extension of the life that we choose to live. So every decision that we make, everything that we do, we are showing God, we are showing ourselves, we are showing others who we are committing our spirit to. We have to teach ourselves to trust. We have to teach ourselves to be humble and vulnerable. We have to teach ourselves the importance of our spirit. That takes time spent in God's word. That takes time spent in prayer. That takes diligence in who we surround ourselves with. We've talked a lot in our Bible class over the past couple of lessons about those that we surround ourselves with, those that are in our truly innermost circle of confidants. Those people, those people will either help us build a closer and more meaningful relationship with God, or those people will pull us further and further away from God. We have to teach ourselves what David proclaimed in verse 1 of Psalm 31, that I trust God, I trust him enough to truly give my all to him. I trust him enough to surround myself with people who are going to encourage me in my resolve to give my all to God. But those things have to be taught. Those things have to be learned. Those things are gathered as we spend more time in his word and more time in diligent prayer, more time with others who who share our same priorities in this life. As parents, we have a responsibility to teach our children just how valuable the spirit that God has given them is so that they grow up living a life in which they are giving it to God day in and day out. But if we continue, if we continue to live lives in which we either try to ride the fence a little bit, one foot in the world, one foot with the Lord, or maybe we like to dart into the world every now and then, but then try and dart out real quick before anybody sees us. If we, cry, if we continue to live lives like that, then either one of two things is true. Either you haven't trusted God enough to turn your all over to him, Or you simply don't value your spirit enough to turn it over to him. Both of those are sad realities that many people embody. But here's the good and joyful news that we can conclude things with this morning. Is that God stands ready. He stands ready to fight that battle for you. He stands ready to take you into his arms. He stands ready to be there for you and to protect what is most valuable of yours. He's given everyone the opportunity, everyone the opportunity to entrust your spirit into his hands. What a comfort that is. What a comfort it is to know That that which is most valuable, that which is most important, that which is most precious is 100% secure in the hands of God. That's what he wants from us. He wants us 
to give him our all. He wants us to live in that fortress of refuge that he provides to us. But just like with David, just like with Stephen, even just like with Christ, you have a choice. You don't have to commit your spirit to God if you don't want to. You can yank it away anytime you want. It's yours, the side of eternity. And God has given you the free will to do with it as you choose. My hope and my prayer is that all of us will see that there is only one place, only one place that we should be committing our spirits, and that is into the hands of God. If you're not a child of his, he stands ready to forgive you of your sins. You can be baptized into his blood. And because of the sacrifice that Nate talked about this morning at the Lord's table, those sins can be washed away. You can stand perfect and just before God, placing your spirit and your all directly into his hands of safety. There is no better feeling in the world. Maybe you have taken those steps in the past, but maybe as you start to examine your life and the decisions that you're making, maybe you might utter words like, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit, but maybe you're not living a life that reflects that. Well, because the physical for all of us is still breathing, then we all have an opportunity We'll have an opportunity to come back to the Lord because he is so loving, so powerful, and so ready to forgive that he will welcome you back. You've got a lot of people here this morning who will help you, will help you commit your spirit to the Lord, remind you of just how valuable it is, and help you deepen your relationship with God. And we would love to be of service to you this morning if we can. If you have any spiritual needs, please come to the front and let us know as we stand and sing.